Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And I am your host, Joe. And today we're here to talk about episode 402 entitled Do No Harm. Yeah, this was a doozy. This was a doozy. Um, it was written for television by Karen Campbell, who also wrote a few episodes in season three, including Creme de Menthe and Unchartered. Which one's Unchartered? Unchartered was the one where Claire is wandering the jungle. Really? Yes. So she wrote those two episodes. And this episode was directed by the same person who directed um, the, the first episode of this season. Okay. Julian Holmes is his name. All right. So this is going to be a little bit different from every single other Loinlander podcast we've done. Because for the first time ever, I did not want to rewatch the episode after my first viewing. It's true. So I watched it alone with my cup of tea and I appreciated it for what it was, but I found it deeply disturbing and upsetting and did not want to watch it again. So typically when Joe is watching, I take notes to discuss, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> so he watched on his own and we'll just have a discussion without going through the episode scene by scene. So this might be really interesting because I actually have no idea what Joe thought of yeah. the episode because I, normally I, I sort of like watch his reaction to things. I've never had to watch an episode by myself and I wasn't really sure that I could do it but funny story I actually found this episode interesting. Oh, I mean it was interesting to me it was more disturbing than anything because I know that this happened to hundreds of thousands of men and women back in the day and yeah. it's just so awful. And this is an example for me of why time travel would be so horrible. Like, forget the super hot Scottish husband that you want to travel back in time to see. You're also living in a world yeah, where these... Yeah, forget that. Yeah. <laughs> you're living in a world where these horrible things happen to people right in front of you. And it's legal. Yeah. That's yeah. the part that made me feel the, so claustrophobic when I was watching this. This was the first time I've ever watched uh, Outlander and actually questioned what I would do in their shoes yeah you know it was it, it was it was one of the few episodes that actually made me think well good we can let, let's talk about it let's go through the episode what it'll be a little vaguer than usual because I didn't take notes as I was watching but it starts with their arrival at River Run and they meet and Jocasta yeah what were your first thoughts of her I mean I love this actress I can't remember her name off the top of my head but uh Maria Doyle Kennedy Maria Doyle Kennedy, yeah. So um, I am, anyway, a big fan of her from Orphan Black. Um, she she played Siobhan on that mm -hmm. show. I don't know mm -hmm. how many people have watched that show, but she was an excellent character on that show. And, uh, yeah, she's a good actress. She's I knew great. nothing about the character going into it, so I was a little caught, caught off guard when we find out that she's blind. Well, that was what I was going to ask you. Or, did you did you notice right away that she was blind? No, Which no, is I how didn't. they do it in the books, too. Like, it takes Claire a moment to read, like, well, quite a while before she realizes Jocasta's entirely blind because well, she's so competent. And she, she doesn't has even... Ulysses beside her all the time. Yeah, I mean, Claire didn't even realize until... No. Ian. Yeah, Ian and, goes well, to hand. Yeah, and then she didn't see the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's not completely blind. She sees shapes and lights and blurs, but can't really, can't make out anything. Yeah. So. Like to the point where she doesn't even know what Claire actually looks like. Yeah. She says, are you blonde? Yeah. Yeah. So I like this casting a lot. When I read the book, I pictured um, Aunt Jocasta as a sort of Meryl Streep character. Right. But Maria Doyle Kennedy plays it really well. Really well. She's a powerful woman and the actress carries herself in that way. Don't mm -hmm. you think? Yeah. Um, and I really, I love the love between her and Jamie because you can tell it sort of like reinstates 
each of their connections to his mother. Well, it was interesting because, yeah, and a few of the things in this episode were interesting to me because she said she hadn't seen him since he was young. Like, I'm yeah. not sure how young, but, but it sounded like young, like yeah. seven, eight, yeah. something like that. Uh, but, yeah, no, she's obviously very happy to see all of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we also get to briefly meet Ulysses, kind of. Well, he's her right-hand man, basically. He acts as her eyes, but also almost a bodyguard. Like, he... Yeah. He's yeah. a he's a really good character. What did you think of Ulysses? I was a big fan of Ulysses, yeah. Yeah, me And too. Uh, also, oh, what was the other... What was the, the girl's name, the main girl? Phaedra? Phaedra? Phaedra, yeah. yeah. She was great, too. She was really good. Yeah. And the opening scene... See, this is going to be all out of out of order because I don't have it written down but remember the opening scene opening scene is her adjusting the clock right yeah which makes sense yes so Jocasta is a successful business owner yeah so she runs River Run Uh, she had started with her husband Jamie's uncle Mm -hmm. and uh, it's doing pretty well it's like a large sort of it's a it's a tobacco plantation she's a slave owner as was all successful people back then, unfortunately. Or, I, you know what? I shouldn't say that because I don't know that they all were. But, yeah. you know, well, it, the Quakers it was, weren't. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I knew nothing about the Quakers. So, but it's, you know, I, I mean, it was at the very least the show hammered home that it was very common. Very you know, common. And, and Claire was obviously very disturbed As you off would the be. top. Yeah. And, you know, Jamie is like, so how many slaves do you have? And she said, 152. She does say 152. <laughs> and, that, and that lit Claire up. She wasn't very happy Although at all. Although when she talks about, when she talks about it, you can tell she has a sense of pride about how she treats these people, how she yeah. treats her slaves. She buys them in families. Mm-hmm. And it, she considers them friends, which is bullshit. Right. Because, well, and that's what Claire's, yeah. Claire, you know, her first Clarism of the episode where she's like, do you think that they, you know, consider you a friend? And, you know, Jocasta can smell it right off the bat. You know, she's so she's, intuitive. She's so she's, intuitive. Yeah. Well, she actually alludes that she can smell things. And, you know, she can she can smell trouble with yeah. Claire immediately. What did you think about Claire being vocal and upset about this? I mean, it's... Natural. Completely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely in character. And it's completely... Uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It, it it's it made a lot of sense. It would I felt it would have been weird if she hadn't said anything about it. With, you know, with the way her character's gone and the way she reacted to uh, the, the slaves last season yeah. and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but she didn't really come out against it. She was just very cool and passive aggressive. Right. So we are also introduced to a character Lieutenant Wolf, yeah. who is a creepy guy with power. But he's also interested in marrying Jocasta. Well, he's interested in marrying Jocasta because he wants control of River Run, right? Yeah. So River, so Jocasta is an extremely wealthy widow, basically. Mm-hmm. So you know he's. They allude to it a little bit later in the episode that, yeah, he he wants to get in on that. So he comes and sees Jocasta, and he's trying to like impress. give impress her with. He doesn't know anything. Yeah, he he gives her really stupid business advice, and Jamie just calls him out and basically says that's really bad advice. We shouldn't grow wheat by the river because it's not going to grow there. Or he said rice. Is it rice? No, no. He says we should grow rice. Oh, okay. And Jocasta, you know, is like, oh, we can actually make more money off rice, and we can feed the slaves with rice. That's a really good idea. And I think that was the, you know, we find out later that. I feel like that was the tipping point. She's been looking for someone to... Mm-hmm. She's like, you know land. Yeah. Did yeah. you like this scene with Jamie? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, he was he was good in this scene, and he was. Jamie's know, really good in this episode. I'm gonna say this after dogging Sam Hewen hard last season, he's been really good this season. Yeah. So it's not, you know, largely I feel like it's due to material, but um, but yeah, he's I've liked Jamie a lot more this season. Yeah. So he bad hair though. Uh, oh my god, that uh, wig is just atrocious. Uh, like, did he does he have a scar on his forehead? Like, no. why do we have those bangs? No, I don't know. So Jamie dresses him down, explaining that he knows more about the land, and Lieutenant Wolf huffs away, essentially. Yeah, he has a little hissy fit and and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So then and, there oh, go ahead. Oh, and Jamie apologizes too for you know, for, for, for insulting that, your she doesn't mind. No, she she said that's good. Speak your mind, boy. And Joe Casta does not mind. Yeah, that's right. So then I want to talk about the party that she throws. Yeah. So she throws a party in their honor. Yep. And uh, invites all the all the local yokels to come. Who are over. just saying horrific things like the the savages should be grateful that we've come to this land. Yeah, and I just want to rewind back to what you're saying about Jocasta talking about how she's uh, you know like quote unquote a good slave owner. Yep. Because in that environment, she probably thought she was. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, in that in that sort of scenario, when everyone else is, you know, ten out of ten shitty, and you're only. Four out of ten shitty. You feel pretty good about yourself, but four out of ten shitty is still it's shitty. Really shitty. Uh, she's still, probably more like six and a half out of you're ten still shitty. Owning but people. yeah, she's she's still. But you know, you feel Which better about yourself. You're she's do, just going by the law. It's it's, it's oh, legal it's so and awful. and honestly, by the sounds of it, encouraged. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like yeah. if you don't, you're like, oh, are you a are you one of those weirdo Quakers? You know, yeah. like like it's 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 uncommon not to. Yeah. So at the party, she announces. That she's leaving River Run to Jamie. Totally yeah. catching him off guard. Well, everybody off guard. Yeah. But then I like when Jamie says she's a Mackenzie for sure. That's something that Dougal or Colin would have done. Yeah. Sneaky move on her she part. He, she didn't want to give Jamie a chance to turn her down. I also want to talk about at the party, I really like... There was a, there was a couple different character beats for young Ian. Young. I really like, you can see that he, because Jamie is very forward thinking and always has been. That's why yeah. Claire is attracted to him. And Claire is obviously, you know, the literal sense of forward thinker. Mm-hmm. And young Ian, I think, is young enough that he's being influenced by yeah. them. Well, and we missed a scene that speaks to this because, and sorry, this is us jumping around again. Usually Megan's our uh, tour guide for these episodes. Yeah. But because I watched it more recently, I, I probably remember it a little more clearly. Um, but there was a scene where when they meet Jocasta, Rolo runs away and then when she brings him in the house, he'd found a skunk and yeah. Ian didn't know what it was. He's this like, is my favorite part of the episode. Yeah, it was like, oh, we found a wee badger with a white stripe and it shot hell out of its arse or something like that and so basically they stink like skunk. Yeah. So they meet this other guy who he's I really like. He's a main character. Like, John he? Quincy Myers. Good, because I love this guy. He's a main character and so, he, he, it was his entrance to the series is yeah. very downplayed than his entrance to the book which I remember he basically has like a third ball that Claire needs to operate on the table. Oh, wow. Like, but he is also he's um, he's he knows all of the Native Americans and he can yeah. navigate his way around North Carolina. So he's he's around for a while. He's, so he's it's good woodsman, that you yeah. gravitated towards yeah. him. Yeah, liked him. Well, yeah, and I mean, this again goes to you know the, speaking to my what were I was saying on that the uh, you know the the dropped Outlander season one recaps mm-hmm. is that season two and three really missed. Um, compelling, charismatic, supporting characters. Yeah. And I feel this guy is, because he was talking about how, you know, like the, 
how the natives love how hairy is and saying yes. that you know if you saw my arse it looks like yes. a buffalo you know like yeah. he was he was funny he was, he's yeah. kind of like new rupert in my yeah, opinion yeah i i can totally see that now but, the only thing that threw me off i found him really likable but the whole time he's talking and being all charismatic and likable there's a little boy in tattered clothes who's carrying around the vinegar to basically do what they've asked to do to fix Rolo, right? He's like carrying around these heavy tins. Yeah, no, He's I just mean, a little guy. It's terrible, but it's one of those things where if you see it all the time, they they were conditioned to it, I guess. I mean, it's no excuse, but it's the only way I can I can say it. But but then what I find interesting in this and speaking to your thing about Young Ian is they started having a conversation about the. Uh, indigenous peoples which mm-hmm. of course they refer to as indians because mm-hmm. that's what they refer to them mm-hmm. then um you know and and ian has a really interesting conversation like yeah. he basically compares them to scottish highlanders the clans you know because he doesn't look at them he's not looking at them racially he's just comparing cultures is all he's doing he's just well these people don't really sound you know he's heard these crazy legends that they rip people's hearts out and eat them raw but you know when uh what's his name john john, john quincy myers John Quincy Myers explains, you know, what they're like. He says, well, that just kind of sounds like my people. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and John Quincy Myers is impressed by that. He says, yes. you know, that's a very, I can't remember, like an enlightened view of the world or something. Yeah. And that carries through, through for the rest of this episode. It does. Well, and that's also a little bit of foreshadowing for oh. young Ian's character. Oh, is it really? Mm-hmm. Great. Stay tuned. Interesting. Okay, so now we'll skip way back to, the, now we're zooming back to the party. The and party. The announcement. So, yeah, because young Ian has a... Has a little tete-a-tete with uh, Lieutenant, what's Wolf. his name? Lieutenant Wolf about slaves. Well, he and Claire are standing side by side. And oh, no, are... sorry, but the natives. That's yeah, oh, right, yeah. Right. And they feel the same way, and, and then they walk off together. But, I, you know, it's funny because he made a, it, it was an interesting retort by the lieutenant basically saying that if the Romans hadn't come into Great Britain, you know, they would all be living in mud huts. So, basically, he's... It's an interesting defense because he's not, he's oh, not, no, 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 I'm not saying it's wrong. I just didn't expect it from, from this show. I expected them all to be like, oh, well, they're savages. And we, yeah. but he's basically saying, you know, people came and fixed us and we're just paying it forward is kind of right. what was his yeah. argument, which I just wasn't, it was an interesting argument, which I wasn't expecting to hear in that situation. Yeah. Ian still thought it was bullshit. Yeah. So then when Claire and Jamie go back to their room that night, Claire is horrified oh, yeah. about the fact that they right. now own River Run and she's saying we can't be slave owners she's like I cannot own slaves I mean this is the second time she's owned a slave <laughs> slaves now, now someone, she, went, she went from 1 to 152 yeah. someone that doesn't want to own slaves Claire's having That's a really a hard time shitload of slaves Jamie is so endearing and optimistic saying that maybe he can change things yeah maybe and I can fix slavery one by one I mean even Claire is like no yeah like for sure no but you know, and then we actually learn that he, in fact, can't because in a very disturbing scene, for me, uh, we learn all the laws that are in place to yeah. make it essentially impossible to free slaves. And yeah, the really. scene, by the way, was listing real laws from yeah. that time. No, it was, it was, and I mean, I guess I didn't know any of these laws, but it didn't surprise me to hear them or find out that they were real, obviously horrifying, horrible. But, um, and this is where, this is the first scene of a few, the only really sticking point that I had with this story is that Jocasta, despite the fact that she hasn't seen him for like 30 years, just blindly, or not blindly, <laughs> but uh, she just, she just goes with him. She trusts him implicitly, yeah. although I will say, starting in Probably that scene. Probably too far though. No, but starting in that scene when he was saying, 
we're going to free the slave. You could see, yeah, she's like, you could uh, see Jocasta's like, whoa, 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 yeah. what's happening here? And it just continued for her. Like, she was, she doesn't trust him implicitly. She thought she did. Well, but, and then she realizes there's a major difference uh, in... Yeah, I would just say she gives him, like, a shocking amount of rope to hang himself with in this episode for someone that she hasn't seen. That's in, another in bad the, pun. Oh, yeah, shit. I'm not doing well there. No. It's not a pun. It's not. It was just a figure of speech. Yeah. It wasn't meant to be a pun. Right. Was not meant to be a it's pun. Not punny. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So, so we learn essentially that he cannot yeah. free all the slaves because he's saying that well, I'll just pay them. They'll just be workers, yeah. so, and yeah, we'll make basically. we'll make we'll make the land more successful, and that way we can pay them. No, it's impossible. It's against it's, the law, and on top of everything else, it is just going to piss everybody off, and. Like, uh, what was the name? Lieutenant Wolf? No, the other guy. Oh, it was a lawyer. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, So basically, Farquhar? Farquhar? Something like that. He basically says, people have tried to do this shit before, and and they disappear. Yeah. And And Jamie says, I don't care about threats because I'm not very smart. And so... No, because he's been threatened so many times. Yeah, it's like, have you seen my back? Would you like me to take my shirt off? Like, I'm not really worried about you guys. But I like that he calls him out on it. He's like, yeah. your threat isn't going to change my opinion. Yeah. Like Jamie in that scene. So then pretty much the rest of this makes me sick to my stomach talking about. Yeah, so they, they're they get sent, a, get they're, a, they're sent. They get a knock on the door. Yeah. There's been a, a slave. In self-defense, who has attacked a white man. Yeah, so basically one of the, one of the from what uh, we gather, one of the slave. Horrible monster owners. Lieutenants, I don't know. Yeah. Like one of the people that overlooked the slave, I don't know what they called has whipped this guy and, and in he turned around and cut his ear off. Which, I mean, I would do the same thing to someone if they hit whip me, me with a whip yeah. on the back. Probably, yeah. So anyway, so they, they and Jocasta's like, do you have a pistol? And Jamie says, no. I one, just, but I, he did I, need that like, pistol, I, I barely, didn't he? I just got everything literally stolen from me. No, I don't have a pistol. So yeah, so they gave, they gave him some guns. And the idea is that they are being sent to aid this white man's ear. Because Claire's like, I think I can attach it if I get Well, that's why Claire's going. Yeah. They're, but they're going just to, because they're afraid, that's why they give them the guns, is that they're afraid that there's going to be like a slave uprising. Right. So they have to go basically oversee. What's happening. But they find out when they, once they pull out, they're like, oh, okay, well, great. Now we can oversee his execution. And Claire's like, sorry, what the fuck? And um, so they find out that. They're torturing the, him first. The, well, no, they find, before they get there, they find out that the law is that if any slave draws the blood of a white person, it's instant. It's a death sentence. It is a literal death sentence. So when they, but when they go up, they find that they're not waiting for his execution. They've already stuck a hook into his side, and they're essentially hanging him by a meat hook, which is horrifying. So also, it's legal. No, it wasn't legal. That was illegal. Be, was it, it? Absolutely. So not the hanging, but the fact that they did it. Because so they run up, and Jamie's like, "Put that guy down right now." But basically, the lawyer guy walks up and he says, you can't do this. But not because they're hanging the guy from a hook, because it's against the law for him to take the law into his own hands. Right. So he's basically doing really shitty vigilante justice. And the only reason why the lawyer is saying don't do it is because he's supposed to wait for Jamie to come and then kill him. Also really terrible. But Claire's not having that. No. And neither is Jamie. No. It's amazing. Like I love the way the yeah. two of them work together, and they actually this is Jamie holds the two the two white people at gunpoints, like put them down. Yes, and they do. And Claire takes him, and she brings him onto the dining room table of Joe Gass's house, and operates on him. And this scene was so good with Jamie and Young Ian both helping her, and, and the two and Phaedra, yeah, Phaedra. Yeah. 
The other girl uh, didn't handle it well. But again, they're so influenced by her non-racist outlook. Like, to them, they just see Rufus as a man who's bleeding out. Both yeah. Jamie and Young Ian are doing everything they can, and they're just listening. Like, I also loved it because Claire was such a rock star and, like, ordering everyone around. And yeah, they she, were all she just... just listening to everything she was saying she reverted to commanding surgeon claire she did and it was great yeah it was it was a great scene and i was thinking jamie is influenced i mean he he has the non-racist outlook i think because he's been a slave and a prisoner essentially in mm-hmm. ardsmere prison right so he knows what it's like and yeah. young ian i think just because he's so young well it's another i mean it was another really great scene with young ian because young ian comes in and I don't know if maybe they she's been training him on the boat, but she he's like all of a sudden the amazing surgeon's helper. She's just like grab the lot of him, give me the scalpel, give me the, and he just knows like yeah exactly what it is and where it goes and yeah. which I, I mean I guess we're supposed to believe that maybe she's trained him on the boat because she only got that box a day ago, but whatever that's <laughs> fine. I'm gonna skip that. Um, but um, I like that. Uh, the guy basically, when do they have the conversation? So he just, Ian has such admiration for Claire. Like yeah. the, the young man on the table whose Rufus. name Rufus, you know, is basically again saying, I've never heard a, a lady talk like that. Because well, she's calling the men who did it son of a bitches. Right, right. And, and you know, Ian just, you know, beams. And he's just oh, like, no. you know, you my, my Auntie Claire. You've never met anyone like my Auntie Claire or something. I can't remember what he says, but just, you know. Here's what I'll tell you. Young Ian in the book, I did not give a shit about. I don't know why. I couldn't bond with him. I was always like, this guy, this kid is still around? How annoying. And I think it really says a lot about John Bell, the actor that plays Young Ian, because I do like him. And I feel like I bonded with him, and right. I enjoy him. Yeah, like no. Him more I, than I, Fergus? Uh, I didn't really like him in season three. I don't like Fergus at all. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I like him. I liked him a lot in this episode. That's for sure. Yeah. And did we uh, jumping around again? Did we skip over the scene with? We did because it was before the party, where she's getting her dress made. Mm. Oh, Just because we did skip I that. really like that scene with Phaedra. Like she her, had to be listening to it. Yeah, like both her. She that that actress was really good, but both her. She had a very comfortable interaction with Angelcasta. Like they almost had a friendship. A friend, you know, like they were sort of taking jabs at each other almost like friendly jabs you know and that kind of thing but then yeah she had to sit there and listen to to claire basically like i was uncomfortable that she was having the conversation with phaedra there yeah absolutely phaedra was obviously very uncomfortable and i will say uh, that claire did look washed out in that dress when she's like are you fair or claire said no i have brown hair and she's like does she look washed out it's like yes she does she's phaedra's just bombing her with compliments though yeah well she's really nice to her yeah so anyway, I just want to make sure that we touched on that on that scene. Well, and Jocasta's like, great in that scene. Yeah, because she's like, I can tell by the cadence of your voice that you're saying one thing but meaning another. Can she you can, tell me what you mean? Yeah, she can Whoa. smell smell the the crazy on Claire for sure. And she's like, Jenny wrote and told me you had the cray cray, and and <laughs> yeah, uh, and you do. And Claire's and like, that's why Jamie's attractive. I don't like Jane. I don't like Jenny. She's a little crazy too, and Jocasta finds that funny. Yeah, yeah. But they do like each other. But she knows that right. Jenny's also yeah got the cray cray. So after she fixes Rufus up and mends him, she takes this is this scene probably disturbed me more than anything. She takes the bowl into the kitchen to clean up with that horrible hook and Ulysses walks in looking great in that outfit that he's got. It does look great. But he basically says to her that her kindness not so kind. 
He's, yeah, he I, says I, he does not approve of what she did at all, and he said what he's basically because she she encourages him to talk. She's like, I can tell you disapprove. What are you thinking? Right. And he says you made a really big mistake here. Yeah, I didn't really understand why, but basically his implication was that it screwed them all over. That she did just them let him die. And well, he knows that if Rufus he, he Rufus has to die, and he knows that, and he's like, you're prolonging this, and if mm-hmm. you somehow manage. To free him, someone else has to die in his Right, I didn't. Re- they hadn't place. explained that part yet. Um, yeah, but, but that's... It's awful. And, never mind, he loves Jocasta. He loves Jocasta. Right. And she is putting a bad name on Jocasta. And actually, I wanted to talk about the scene with Jocasta and Jamie when they came in. And they were... All those men are like, you have... Like, we need this guy. We need him. He's our guy. We need mm-hmm. him. We get to get... And Jamie does step aside. Because Joe Cass yeah. is like, step aside. I will mend what my nephew has broken here. Right. And she does. She cuts a deal. A horrible deal. It's the only deal she has. I mean, she knows, and Jamie and Claire don't get it. But, like, they're going to burn her house down. Like, it's it's over that night. It's gone. It, they might not even live through the night. Like, Jocasta basically has to choose between... It's a shitty choice... But she basically has to choose between this guy's life and everything, you know. So, well, so do Claire and Jamie in the end. Right. So then in another scene that made me feel nauseous, you see Claire taking Rufus's pulse and, like, making sure it's okay. He's on the bed. <laughs> and She's then like, Jamie comes in and tells her. That's horrible. He says, Jamie comes in and says, yeah, you have until midnight. To what? Give him over so they can kill him. She's like, no, I think it's just what she says. But, uh, it's so upsetting. You know, yeah, and then and the, so they take it right down to the wire to the point where Jocasta actually comes up and tells Jamie, your wife's going to get us all killed. You know, like like that's... Yeah. Which is, see, and that's where I find it interesting that because at any time, Jocasta just could have taken over the situation. She still owns River Run. She could have just been like, Ulysses, take him downstairs. Like, take grab that boy and take him downstairs. You know, she... Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like it, that's what I meant but when I said just she made gave the announcement. Like, no, that, I know, but that's what I meant. Where she gave Jamie a lot of rope, and that she could have just done it, but she waited, and like she basically put after knowing him for literally a day, or maybe not. A, but like, she loves him. I guess and it was she little, loves his mother. No, but yeah. but I just find it. You know, she basically put her entire life in every way in his hands. Like. And he's got Immediately. a wife that really... That really likes to fuck up lives. So, yeah, and, and, and... And save lives. That's why it was so upsetting. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, she's very stubborn. Like, yeah. even even to the end where, you know, they they finally decide that, you know, she's going to do it. And Jamie do basically... What, like, euthanize him? Yeah. So Jamie feels like the best solution or, or the only palatable solution for Claire would be to give him basically a... Poison. A poison tea that'll make him go to sleep and then... And didn't then, you find yourself being like, oh my god, this is horrible. What would I do? Yeah, it, it was. It was the best solution and this is a horrible... Well, because they were literally going to rip him limb from limb. And it, it, so it's one of those things where it's it's at that point, it's a mercy killing. And it's horrifying. It is It is a horrifying episode. It is a horrifying episode. It was... Ugh, I don't know. It just... It and, made me feel and, sick. Yeah, well, and then even... It wasn't even that effective because the angry mob who was at the door literally throwing stones in the window and stuff like that they still they still hung the dead body hanged I don't think hanged. they knew he was dead 
Yeah, maybe not. But uh, so it was. I do want to talk about one thing though. I don't know if you noticed this, but when they were banging on the door, they were like, "Bring that Negro out!" And I'm like, mm, "Was that yeah. the writer's choice to use a different I mean, word than what they would have been using?" Probably. Were yes. the writers like, you know uh, what, we're not going to say on our show the horrible N word, but we yeah. will say this. But it's like, I think we all know what those assholes would have been saying. Absolutely. And yeah. it wasn't Negro. No, which is defensive yeah. in itself. But it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that that's uh, yeah. You're probably right. I, I mean, it would have been too much. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if you're allowed to say it on TV, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, on on broadcast television, I'm fine not hearing it. So, but but yeah, no, I did notice that too. You did. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So they bring him out, and then I've actually again I was reading lots of reviews and some reviewers thought like we're criticizing the fact that nobody asked rufus what he wanted claire and jamie just made that choice for him it's like what yeah. about ask the guy what he wants although who he wasn't i mean yeah he was he, he, dealing with a lot he, of he stuff was, yeah he, he had some stuff on his plate but so they bring him out and the horrible people do what they are legally entitled to do yeah they string him up uh, while Ulysses, Jocasta, Jamie, and Claire stand and watch. And I couldn't remember, and I didn't want to watch it again, but was young Ian there? Was he out there on the porch? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember if he was there, to be honest. So, and what? how, how do you think Jocasta was feeling? Like, I don't think she was happy with this outcome. I don't think she's a horrible person that's like, yeah, we've, we've given this boy what he uh. deserved. Like, I think she was more just like, this is awful. But... We have, but we have to do it. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where she was, I mean, I don't know, like just going by her character that we saw in the book, she was probably relieved, to be honest, that the situation was over. Yeah. You know, it wasn't ideal, you know, and it doesn't bode well for their futures, obviously, either. Well, and that's just it. I, but, and I wanted to mention that it wasn't until they realized that they couldn't stay at River Run that Jamie and Claire are more strongly now considering Lord Tyron's offer from last week. Yeah. We thought, remember how we were making fun of them? Like, we've done the pros and cons. But I think what was actually going to happen is they were just going to try and buy their own land with all the money that they made off that ruby. Yeah. They weren't going, but now, they've since they have no money. They've got to be under somebody's thumb because they got nothing. Right. Yeah. So Lord Tyron's option is the only option. Yeah. If they don't want to be slave owners, which, which they don't. They don't. I mean, especially after that ending. So I guess, and that's the final episode, just final leaving scene. you, final scene, yeah, just leaving you feel good, <laughs> feeling great. Um, it's a heavy, heavy start to the season. We've watched, yeah. we've watched a hanging of a friend, we've seen a friend's throat slit, and now we've had to watch the horrors of slavery through the character of Rufus. And it's just, it was a lot for me, and I didn't want to watch it again. And I, I wonder, like, where are Brie and Roger could we not have had a little bit of Brie and Roger romance? Like, could we not have gone back and forth? Did we need this no. intensity? That's one of the things. This is actually, this is why I like this episode. Because it, it didn't even give me, it, it, I, I dare say, this might have been the best written episode of Outlander. Period. And, oh and statement. Joe! Because it, it had, like, the pacing was fantastic. It was, um... There was tense. It was emotional. It never gave me time to pause and think that something might suck, which is what Outlander mm-hmm. can thrive on. Do. That yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was excellent pacing. All the acting was really really well. I 
have no complaints about this episode. This is wowzes, yeah, I mean, wowzes, wowzes. Yeah, I know, I know. Put it in the books. Um, I mean, it made me feel other than nausea, um, you know, which Outlander traditionally never does. Um, made you not want to go back in time? Yeah, well, and that was one of those things where, uh, and if I said this earlier in the podcast, I apologize, but it was the first time I ever, you know, put myself into their shoes and thought, like, shit, what the hell, what would I do? You know, I don't, I don't have it. Usually I'm like, oh, dumbass, you should have done this. And it's like, no, dumbass, I don't know. I like, that is a super, that is an incredible quandary. Like, like, I mean, what do you, what do you do? Jamie knew that that was the only option. That was the only option. Like sometimes there isn't a right thing to do. There's just the thing to do. And that's what they did. And, you know, it's horrible, but, but, uh, sickening. So, loin points. I mean, I'm gonna give this. This is. I'm gonna give this one 75. Really? Yeah. I gave it 60. 60. This is the first time <laughs> I've ever, and will I bet be the only time I ever give more loin points. I'm gonna give it 75. Put you, it in the books. 75. That's great. Good. That's wonderful. You could not pay me. A thousand dollars to watch this episode again. How about a thousand six? Maybe a thousand and six. Okay, guys, if no, we can do no, a no, kickstart. No, no. no. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it was really well done, but I, it just is not my cup of tea. It's no. way too upsetting. I finished the episode and literally, <laughs> I watched it late, and then I got into bed and I just lay there thinking about the horrors of slavery and how awful I it mean, was, and humanity is so horrible. I think and, one of the reasons you like Outlander is because it's pretty fluffy I mean, sometimes. I not like, that you I only like, like fluff, but I think... I do like fluff, though. Yeah, you like some this fluffy. Not there was no fluffy. fluffy. There was like zero. There was not oh even the a sliver of romance in this episode. There was like there was nothing. It was it was. Pretty, I don't even know if Jamie and Clara held hands. It was barely the same <laughs> show. It was it was almost like a completely different show from the rest of the rest of the series. Really. Yeah. So MVP. MVP. I'm gonna go with Jocasta. Okay. Yeah, Good she's one. a Very she's nice. a strong. Uh, you know what? It's this is one of the. There were a lot of characters that I thought had good episodes. I thought Young Ian had a good episode. Good scenes. Um, Had good scenes. I thought thought it was a strong Jamie episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like Ulysses. And I like Phaedra. Claire was just Claire. Mm -hmm. She's always solid. Mm -hmm. So, but I think I got to give it to Jocasta. Okay. Um, I would give it to Ulysses. Yeah, you liked Ulysses. I really liked him. Yeah, he's good. Does he play a big role going forward? I mean, anytime Joe Cass is in it, he's in it. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Favorite scene? Um, I think favorite scene was the scene where he's getting meat hooked on the tree. <gasps> what? I just like, I like the fact that like Jamie was, came in. I like the fact that he like pointed the, the guns in the guy's faces and was, it was one of the times when I actually thought he truly was kind of heroic and not, not just like lame sauce heroic he was actually like he got in there and he took control of the situation you know he did and, and uh saved that dude he did save him and then killed him true story my favorite scene was the scene with the skunk when <laughs> Rolo and Ian walked in the only fluffy part it was the really smelly and Sam Hewen and Katrina Balk were plugging their noses that was my favorite scene I wouldn't mind watching that again. I thought it was adorable. It was a good scene. 
Um, but but not worth watching that episode that's again pretty, for. That's pretty funny. So that was mine. Uh, least favorite scene? No, I mean the end. You know, that that scene where... I mean, don't describe it. Don't yeah, describe the scene it, in the bed at the end. Oh, with the death heart tea. breaking. Yeah, it was a good... We didn't even talk, get into, and we're not going to get into all the stuff where he does the monologue about his, his sister. sister. Like, that's... I'm not even going no. there. Obviously, no. obviously, that was sad shit. But I will, I will say, I don't know if you noticed the parallel, but this is this is Claire as a, as a caregiver, as a nurse, as a doctor. She's got a routine when she knows someone's dying. Yeah, it's the same with you that guy Jordy. Jordy from said, season one. Yeah, this was this was. She holds a... onto their hand and she gets them to visualize a place where they felt safe. Yeah, I feel no, like crying talking about. Yeah, it. no, this was again a, a nice nice nod to the rewatch because this was sort of the Jordy scene, but like a way shittier version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so 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 that was my least favorite scene for sure. Mine too, mine my yeah. I mean, I, there's so many scenes that but, were my least favorite scene. But here's the thing: not least favorite because it was bad. Least favorite because it was. So in that case, is it my least favorite scene? It was my least favorite scene to watch, but usually my least favorite scene is because it sucks. Yeah. Uh, you know what? My least favorite scene actually was the very opening of the show when jamie's like i feel bad about my friend who's died yeah like when they were on that horrible sound stage again, again and it just looked so god awful and the green screen jesus get him off the green screen yeah so sorry i changed my answer that was the worst okay. this is the production value was trash okay well i have so many least favorite scenes and it basically starts when there's a knock at the door and there's been a kerfuffle right <laughs> and is that what they called it? i hate them all there was a kerfuffle yes there certainly okay. was all right Actually, before we end, I just wanted to say that last week I was saying that I thought the Stephen Bonnet character was based on a real pirate. And actually, so I went back and I looked, and there was a very famous pirate named Steed Bonnet. Oh, okay. Who was in the early, he died in sort of the early 1700s. Oh, okay. And so I don't know if, I don't know where this character goes, but maybe this guy's supposed to be like an, an ancestor yeah. or of, of Steed Bonnet. Maybe. I, uh, maybe not. Yep. I don't know. But that's that's the pirate I was thinking of. They have very... Similar. hauntingly similar names yeah but uh but anyway and then uh one thing we also didn't do last week was uh, if anyone wants to contact us for whatever reason to mm-hmm. correct me on 1700s pirates or tell anything me that like i'm that. a huge wuss for only watching this episode yeah, once you're not no <laughs> uh you can reach out to us uh, at loinlander at gmail.com or on twitter at loinlander or on facebook loinlander podcast page. loinlander podcast page yeah Anyway, that was great. That was great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. I promise that next week I will be braver and I will watch the episode twice because I think we're going to get some Roger and Brianna. Oh, really? I mean, I hope so. Is it going to be that Highland dancing that we keep seeing in the opening? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, have a great night. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.